Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of the Blurb Q&A audio series. My name is Dan Milner. I'm your host. I'm also Blurb's creative evangelist. And today's topic is finishing touches. And if you're wondering what finishing touches is, let me tell you. Finishing touches is about editing, proofing, cover design, using external resources. These are the kind of things that you're going to be looking at doing or looking at completing as your book is getting ready to go to print or press or whatever direction you want to take that book. So I've got 10 questions followed by the answers and some suggestions and some advice. So let's get started. Number one, how do I know when I'm done with my book? This is actually a great question and something I hear pretty frequently. And I also hear this about photography too. So when someone's talking about their photography project and they say, well, how do I know when I'm done? Once you've done photography for quite a while, you have a pretty decent idea when you're working on a project or a book when it's completed. But if you're, if you're not at this stage, there's a couple of easy things to do. The first one is to get a second opinion, and that is asking two or three people that you trust uh, to have a look at your book and tell you if there's anything major missing. Are there big holes in the story? Does the story read well? Uh, can people transfer from chapter to chapter and not lose the thread? These are kind of things that sometimes when you're making the book yourself, you get too close to, you can't see them, and a, and a second or third party will come in and see them immediately. The next thing you can do is just print a copy. Uh, print it, live with it for a few weeks, and again, you could show it to the people uh, that you trust and just get, get through the idea of printing that first copy because chances are you may or may not find some mistakes in there. Maybe you made a typo, etc. I think making a test copy a lot of times takes the pressure off and can make the overall bookmaking experience more, more fun. So in terms of how do you know when you're done, get a second opinion, make sure you don't have any holes, etc. Number two, what about editing? How many images do I need? And what about a copy editor? So editing is an art form. Way back in the day when I went through photojournalism school, we had classes that all we did was edit. We didn't shoot any new work. We didn't make any new pictures. We just sat there and edited and re-edited the existing work. So it is an art form. And back in the day, there were a lot of people out there who did nothing but edit. Today is a little different. So when you're editing for a book, you've got to edit tight. You don't want extraneous work in there that's either going to dilute the overall power of the project or going to distract people. So you want to really cut out everything that's not uh, critical to that story. In terms of how many images you need to make a book, I always ask this when I'm doing talks, and it's amazing the response. You, I'll get typically people will say, oh, you need 25 or 50 or 75 or 100. The truth is it's a trick question. There is no way to answer this. I think you can easily do a book with a single image. You could take a single image and write a, a fictional tale of this, of this book and write an entire novel based around a single photograph. So I think really uh, it's the, the answer to this question is you need exactly however many pictures you need to tell the specific story that you're telling. And the last part of this question was what about a copy editor? Absolutely. I know for one, I love to write, but I'm not a great technical writer. So thankfully at Blurb, every time I write something, there are editors behind me who take what my chicken scratch and turn it into something that's much more legible. So absolutely work with a copy editor if that's not a, a one of your strong suits. Okay, question number three, what about my cover design? Ah, yes, the infamous cover. Uh, as they say, you never get the, the a second chance to make a first impression, and the cover is basically how you do that with, uh, with a book. So my advice is when you're creating your book, even if you've created a cover first thing out of the gate. So you've started to make your book, you sat down, and the first thing you designed is a cover. Even if you've done that, I would redo the cover once the rest of the book is done. I think it's really easy 
to fall in love with a quick concept for the cover and then really get through the rest of the book and then you look back on that original cover and you go, you know what, it might not be good enough, so I always do a second one at the end. Also keep in mind that visual information is processed 60,000 times faster than copy. So books with art on the cover sell much, much better than books without art. Now, having said that, every piece of advice I'm giving you, you can turn inside out if you have justification for doing it. So I did a book way back in the day that didn't even have art on the cover, just had one single word. And that book actually did really well. So there are exceptions to all these rules. Another thing you can do for cover design is visit your local art bookstore. And if you don't have a local art bookstore, you can go on a site like PhotoEye. And PhotoEye is a gallery and a bookstore in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And they have a great online catalog. And just look at other illustrated book covers. I do this all the time. In fact, I'm surrounded by stacks of books. And I'm always looking at covers and trying to figure out what people did and why and learning from the design. Um, you definitely also want to consider the images that you're going to put on the cover are the ones that make the most powerful impression for your story. They're not necessarily the images you like the most, or they may not be your favorite image, but you need to use the image that actually tells the story better than any other image. And lastly, think about mocking up two or three different covers and print them out and then live with them for a couple of days or a week and figure out which one jumps out at you. You can also use those to show to other people. I do this all the time. I'll even show the UPS guy when he opens the door, like, hey, what do you think of these three covers? So I'm always looking for second and third opinions. Question number four, should I do a proof? Short and final answer is yes, always do a proof. I'm not really entirely sure why some people are really hesitant to do a proof, but if you look at the creative world, most of the great pieces that are done in the creative world come through the revision process. And in book printing, uh, making a proof print is definitely part of the process, and you can learn so much from doing a proof. I don't look at it as a pain. I look at it as a great opportunity to refine whatever it is I'm doing before I put the quote-unquote real one out into the world. Uh, you can also, if you want to, to save money, you can design a small portion of your book, let's say 20 pages, and print it in soft cover so that you're printing just a little like 7x7 seven seven soft cover 20-page book <clears throat> as a sample of what the greater book will look like, but you're not having to print out the entire thing. So you can save yourself a little, a little money that way. Proofing is actually really rewarding. And what's great about it is it can save you from yourself. I've made plenty of books that I thought were great and then ordered a proof and thought, what was I thinking? And had to turn around and completely redo the thing. So again, it shouldn't be stressful. It should be fun. And also, if you're, uh, Blurb also does offset books. And if you're going to do an offset run or higher volume ordering, a proof print is, is part of the process. So I don't even, I'm not even sure they would let you make a, a book uh, without doing a proof print or why anyone would want to take that chance. So if you're going to do an offset run or a volume run, you absolutely want to get your proof print, make sure everything is great, sign off on it before the, the real book goes into print. Okay, number five, what about my typography? I'm so glad someone asked this. Typography or choosing your font should not be an afterthought. Uh, and I think for a lot of first-time bookmakers and novice bookmakers, bookmakers, it really is an afterthought. It's kind of like, oh, well, I've got to choose something here. I'll just, whatever, I'll let the computer default. So I've seen a lot of books going back through the years where I looked at the cover of the book and it was a default font, meaning the first font that popped up in the drop-down menu. And it was in the default placement where the blurb template put that font. And I think if you're just doing a test book, 
this might be okay. But if you're really trying to make something personal, you've got to go one, one, two, three steps further. So type is a critical aspect of the book. My advice is to find something that makes sense in both style and how a specific font relates to your subject matter. So if you're doing a book on, I don't know, Indian cooking, you may want to find a font that has a, a history in that region, that has a history to the, to the dishes that you're talking about. You don't want just some random font out there that has no relationship to the work. The font really adds, it's like it, again, to use a cooking reference, it's an ingredient of this overall meal that really has to be right for the book to, to be the, the, the best book it can possibly be. And you also have to consider your type size and density and color and readability. So these are all options you have, uh, type size or font size. I always tend to err on the smaller side. When I first started making books, the, the font sizes I was choosing were far too large. And once I got my first couple of test copies, I thought, oh, this is, these are way too large. When I look at photo books in, at the bookstore, they're not using type like this. They're not using uh, font sizes like this. So I had to readjust. You've got all different types of color options and also readability. Some fonts look amazing, but you can't read them. And based on who the audience of that book is, you have to keep them in mind to make sure you're using type that's legible for them. Okay, question number six. What about outside sources for help or direction? Yes, 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 and yes. Self-publishing doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself. So photography, editing, sequencing, design, illustration, uh, copy editing, all these things, you know, these are all individual jobs that people have out in the world. So if, you, if you're strong in certain things, then by all means, uh, do it yourself. And if you're not, then absolutely look for outside help. Think about working with any of these people, copy editors, photo editors, designers, consultants. And for some of you, even a book packager, for those of you who are wanting to put your book out to a wider audience or hoping to get your book in a store, um, any of these people can take your work and make it way better than what you might potentially be able to do on your own. Most of us have strong points, and we've also got some weak spots. So outside help can, can be... Uh, a godsend here. And also, a book packager is an interesting uh, concept because that a book publisher can look at something you've created that you think is one thing, and they can look at it and say, you know, I know you think this is a photo essay, but if you change this around, the size, and the, you know, there, you, we might turn this into something that you're not expecting. It could be a point of purchase book. It could be a, a, a how-to book. It could be a guide instead of the original concept that you have. So I'm a big fan of book packagers. And book packagers are also a great way to link with uh, specific publishers who work with these individuals as well. So don't rule out book packagers. Okay, question number seven, which is really going to be the last question, but there's multiple points here. Any other tips for thinking about finishing touches, finishing your book? And yes, I have a bevy for you. The first one, a first tip for finishing is uh, take a high magnification preview tour of your entire book. And what I mean by that is, Magnify each page and image and copy block, looking at borders and edges and alignment and font style, etc. Get into the nitty-gritty of every single page to make sure you didn't make any subtle mistakes that you might possibly overlook if you're looking at lesser magnification. So just zoom in on every single aspect of every page and double-check everything. Number two, think about printing a sample of the book on two different kinds of paper to determine what paper best suits your work and project. So, for example, Blurb makes two Proline papers, and if you've never printed on either one, it might behoove you to take that little 20-page soft cover sample 
and print one on the ProLine Uncoded and one on the ProLine Pearl so that you'll see how your work prints. Number three, think about making multiple publications from the same project. I love doing this, and this is one of the best aspects of using a platform like Blurb. Once the overall design of the book is done and all the major editing, sequencing, and decisions have been made, and design decisions have been made, it's easy to print that book in a second or third version. In fact, in the Blurb software, it's like one button to change formats. It works really well. So you could create a magazine version of your book, or you, if you did a big hardcover, expensive book, you could turn around and do a smaller, less expensive version of the same content. That way you're creating multiple books for different multiple audiences at different multiple price points. Uh, number four, share the story of the book with your followers. If you're creating a book to put into the world and you really want to sell it, uh, people who are interested in your work typically will also be interested in the process of your work. And that could be the process of how you made the photographs or the content. And it could also be the process of how and why you made the book. So if I'm going to make something that I want to put out into the world, I'm telling the story of that project in that book long before that book is ever in print and available for people. And that's really what you want to do is share, get a buzz going about it, share the background, and then release it out to your followers or your readers or, or people who are collecting your work. So that, in a nutshell, is the Q&A for Finishing Touches. We will be back next month with another installment, and I appreciate you taking the time with, to uh, be with us today. And good luck and happy bookmaking.